The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, Hear another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. Then he leased it to tenants and went on a journey. When vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to obtain his produce. But the tenants seized the servants, and one they beat, another they killed, and a third they stoned. Again he sent other servants, more numerous than the first ones, but they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, thinking, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. They seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. What will the owner of the vineyard do to those tenants when he comes? They answered him, He will put those wretched men to a wretched death, and lease his vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the proper times. Jesus said to them, Did you never read in the scriptures that the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? By the Lord has this been done, and it is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that will produce its fruit. The Gospel of the Lord. Our Lord gives us another parable about a landowner and the land, and of course the laborers, um, many of us, invited to labor in the vineyard of God. And today we see that the tenants in this particular vineyard are not exactly um, agreeable to the idea of giving back the fruits of their labors. It wasn't theirs necessarily to start with, but they've worked for it, they seems. But here we see that there is a, a reality which they already were receiving something to begin with. They were leasing the land, so therefore they already had, you know, part of the, part of the fruits were already given to them. They had a, a rightful claim to a portion of what they had labored for. But the simple fact is they wanted more. It wasn't enough what they were receiving, so they had to take we see as they, the, servant, the, the servants are, are sent by the landowner to be able to go to the tenants. And it says that they are beaten, they are killed, they are stoned. So the, Lord, the, the landowner, the Lord, sends more servants and they receive the same treatment. Ultimately, he sends his son, thinking that they will respect my son Certainly they'll respect my son, but him, they don't, they don't, even, they don't even consider the, the beating or the stoning. They go immediately to murder. This is the son, let's kill him. Then we can take all of his inheritance for ourselves. The servants that are sent to the people, of course, are the prophets of God. The tenants are the people of Israel. The vineyard of the Lord is the house of Israel, we hear. 
And the tenants are the ones who, as our Lord is speaking to today, the elders and the priests, who ought to be giving back to God what is his, but instead seem to be trying to take more and more for themselves. And this is not a a new problem in the day of our Lord. It's something that happened generation after generation after generation. Over and again, we see the prophets have to come, and the prophets are sent by God to be able to proclaim some good news, to be able to call the people back to holiness, to call them to turn away from sin and to turn back to God, to turn away from idols, to turn away from self, and to trust in the Lord. And over and again, they are met with beatings, stonings, and murder. And in the end, the Son is sent, Christ himself. Jesus is telling this parable, knowing good and well, that he's not just going to get a beating. He's not going to be stoned and left to himself. They're going to kill him. And he tells them such. It's a very clear reality that he's looking them in the eye going, you are going to kill me. Because I am the son and you are the tenants who do not produce the fruits. And yet still they remain hard of heart. Indeed, the word of the Lord is fulfilled in his crucifixion, wherein the elders and the priests and many others were indeed rejoicing and consenting to the murder of the son. And all the while with one purpose to take. In the end, what they were trying to take was happiness, fulfillment, Riches in the world, by whatever means they might seek to to have it, notoriety, fame. It comes in a whole variety of stripes and sizes. But the simple fact is that every, every human heart desires fulfillment. We look for it in different ways, and we think we will find it in different ways. But every human heart desires fulfillment. And this is what they're looking for. And they're trying to take it for themselves. Indeed, oftentimes greed is simply fear masked. They're trying to gain more. If I get more, I will be happy. If I get more, I will, be, I will, have, I will have honor, I will have power, I will have notoriety. I'll be able to control things. I'll be able to take control of this situation. In so many ways, the human heart desires to be fulfilled. But we are afraid that God might not do it. And if we are afraid that God might not do it, then we rely upon ourselves. We must take. Take from others, take from God, all with the same end of finding peace of heart, fulfillment, happiness. The simple fact is that sin is a reality in all of our lives. This is what our taking looks like. It looks like so many ways where we can seek after self and look only towards our own needs. Again, we seek to satisfy our own hearts, which ultimately the Lord put that desire there that we might seek after him. But in the end, very often we simply seek after self. Ancient images of the church have often talked about the reality that that charity compels one to turn out, to look out, to look up. But it is sin that turns us into ourselves. We focus only upon ourselves. We we curl in upon ourselves like those little roly-polies out in the dirt. 
And we stay there, unwilling, unable to be changed. We curve in only upon ourselves and our self-seeking. Oftentimes, because we're afraid that if we allow God to do these things, it might not measure up. Sin that is never satisfies, though. At least I've never experienced it, too. And I'm pretty sure you haven't either. Because sin always, it will fill our stomachs, but it will leave us wanting for more. It will satisfy for a few moments. We will think that it is enough. But it is never enough. And we must continue the process over and over again, seeking to satisfy this heart that can never be filled So how is it that we allow this peace that we desire, that we search for even in all the wrong ways, how is it that we attain it? St. Paul tells us today, very simply, he encourages us, have no anxiety at all. A message our world needs to hear. Have no anxiety. Anxiety ultimately at its root is a fear. It's a fear of the things that are outside of us. A fear that we will not be provided for, that things will not go well. He says, have no anxiety at all, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And then the peace of God will guide your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. He gives us the remedy, and it is simply prayer with thanksgiving. It's an important piece that he adds in the thanksgiving there. It could have said, have no anxiety at all. And everything, pray, requesting, putting your request before God. But he adds with thanksgiving, because that's an an integral piece of this invitation for us to have no anxiety. To be willing to trust in the Lord. Because when when we come to God in thanksgiving, it is a mindfulness, it is an intentional calling to mind of the fact that God is providing for us and he has provided for us before. And that's the foundation of our hope, that's the foundation of our trust that allows us to continue to persevere and to set aside as able our anxieties. It's to contemplate what God has already done. God who is faithful, God who is generous. All throughout the scriptures in the book of Psalms, they recount the ways in which God has manifest himself in his faithfulness to his people. Over and again, all throughout, especially throughout the Psalms, they go back and they recount the ways of what God has done. His storyline again and again. And interestingly, it was was always an understanding that it wasn't just those people then, it was me here today. I was receiving those blessings somehow in a mysterious way even then. We see this in the fact that in the the Passover meal, every year they were required to eat the Passover supper, the Passover lamb, and they would gather together as a family. And there was a certain script that you had to follow, and there was a certain style of dress that you had to have. You had to do certain things. You ate the, you ate the certain food of, of one who was fleeing in exile, bitter herbs and unleavened bread because it didn't have the time to leaven. You were in a rush, exiled. But also you were called to eat your meal with sandals on your feet, with your, lords, with, with your, your, your loins girt. Namely, you were ready to run. <laughs> That's what that means. Um, and a staff in your hand. 
Imagine eating dinner with a backpack on, ready to, ready to bolt out the door. It's effectively what they were doing. But it was a sign that what God had done a thousand years or so before, at least in the time of Christ, that God did those things. And it wasn't just those people. He's doing it for me. He's saving me as I'm living out the same actions that happened before. It was a mindfulness that all of God's faithfulness was also a reminder of God's faithfulness to me, my invitation to trust in him. And so this is why St. Paul encourages us, especially not just to pray, but to pray with thanksgiving. An invitation for us in those moments where we are full of anxieties to consider what God has already blessed me with here in this life myself, how God has blessed my family, my community, the group of people that I particularly associate with, how God has blessed the church, how God has blessed the saints, how God has blessed people throughout all of history, how God has poured out his wonders in ways far beyond the things that we could even have thought about. And as we are mindful of these things, as he would continue, think about all of these things, right? As we're able to think about these things, it reminds us, that in the midst of our anxieties, we have someone we can trust with it. That we don't have to be resigned to the anxieties of this life and try to fix it ourselves. Rather, we can simply turn to the one who actually has power over all of these things to do something about it. To trust in him. In the opening prayer today, it talked about the fact that, that God, who in this kindness surpasses even the deepest desires of the human heart. The things, that we would, the things that we desire, the things that we desire so deeply that we will even seek to find it in sin and to try to fill up our lives in sin so that it satisfies. God, God desires to, to, to be generous with us even beyond those things. God wants to give us good things. Sometimes we forget that. Sometimes when we experience the weight of the cross, sometimes when things are heavy, sometimes when the anxieties of life do seem particularly difficult, and it doesn't seem like God's responding as quickly or in the manner that we would expect. Especially in those times, we're reminded that God has more in store for us than we can ever ask. He wants to be generous. He wants to bless us beyond our understanding, beyond our ability even to ask. He is faithful, and he will do it. It just requires of us to trust him, to be willing to give of ourselves, to give up our anxieties, to give up control, to give up those things which we seek to try to fulfill our own hearts, knowing that he alone can do it. And as we are able to do these things, God, in the most mysterious of ways, shows up, and he shows his love for us. God's an incredible God. Again, His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. 
Sometimes we like to try to make them such, to think that God is like us, but higher up on the totem pole, if you will. But he is so far beyond us. But he wants us to cooperate with him, to open our heart to him. And he will never, ever force us. Sometimes I wish he would. Because a simple fact is, God will allow us to take what we want to take. Like this is what we heard in our first reading from Isaiah today. You know, a vineyard was planted and then they looked for, they looked for, for the good crop of grapes and all wild grapes showed up. We know not how. And the vineyard owner said, okay, well, we'll pull the walls down. We'll let, we'll, we'll let the wild grapes be wild grapes. We'll let them do their thing. And to the extent that I seek my, to seek my satisfy myself, to the extent that I seek all of my own pleasure to fulfill myself by virtue of sin, by virtue of self, all of these things, God will say, if that's what you want, take it. But when you're done, when you're fed up with your life, when you're so tired of the, the fact that sin never satisfies your heart, I'll be here. God will let us go as far as we need to go. But he is faithful. And he will always be there for us. Again, sometimes I wish God would just strong arm me into holiness right away. Save me the trouble. But that would be an an abuse of his love. Because he loves me. He loves you. And love simply invites It does not demand and require. It cannot force. And so today the Lord invites us to open ourselves to him. To take the anxieties that we experience in this earthly life here and now and to give them to him. To let them go. To present them to him with thanksgiving. Right? Thanksgiving, right? The Eucharist. Eucharist means thanksgiving. So to present him here and now in thanksgiving. In this holy mass, to the God who is faithful to us, to the God who is far generous beyond anything that we ourselves could even desire, he is faithful and he will do it. It's for us to let go of the anxieties of this world and place our trust in him.